Shalom, shalom, family, shalom, shalom. Shabbat shalom, and welcome to the broadcast today. Welcome to the lesson. I pray that you all are doing well on this new yom that the Father has granted to us. This is the day that Yahuwah hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Halal Yahuwah, halal Yahuwah. Well, I just want to thank you all for being here today. And um, first, we just want to welcome the presence of the Most High Yahuwah, who is our help and our strength and our song. I just thank you, Father, for your goodness and your graces. Thank you, Father, for being here with us and among us. And thank you for sending your beloved firstborn, Yahushua HaMashiach, to be the propitiation for sin for the nation of Yasharal and for all those in the world who cleave to him and to your people. I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for your enabling and your strength in and through me on this new yom. Thank you, Father. Halal Yahuwah. Halal Yahuwah. Well, thank you, family, for being here today. I just pray that the Father will um, baruch us today with what he has to say for us today and that he baruchs me to be able to get through it. <laughs> and um, Yahuwah be praised. So we're going to be talking today about the, um, the high calling and how this relates to the, the priesthood and all that. We have on the screen here, once again, the definition of the word firstborn, okay? Firstborn. So the firstborn is that which, I want to really hone in on the second definition, that which is in order of birth, the eldest, the most excellent, the most distinguished, and the most exalted, right? So we know that Yahusha is the firstborn of the father. He is in a class, we discussed this last week, that he's in a class all by himself, right? He is the firstborn of the father. And um, those who are the firstborn of their family, they're in a class by themselves. They inherit what no one else in the family inherits. Typically, they would inherit the double portion blessing from their father, and they get the role of being leader of their family, right? It's a, it's a wonderful honor to be firstborn of your family, okay? Now, this is speaking in the natural, to be a natural-born firstborn. So spiritually speaking, the firstborn are those whom the father has said, these ones, whatever opens the matrix belongs to me. They are mine. They are my first fruits. They are my offering. They belong to me, right? So those who are of the priesthood, spiritually speaking, are those who are firstborn, which isn't to say that all priesthood have to be firstborn because what the father did was instead of just having each firstborn person from each family presenting themselves before the father and saying, okay, well, this one belongs to you and this one from this family, this one from that family. What he did was he took a tribe. He took the Levites. He said, okay, Levites, you're going to stand in for all the firstborn sons and all the families. I'm just going to take this one tribe. And so this one tribe is going to be to me as the firstborn tribe. Okay. So they became a whole tribe of priests the Levites. So you know, within the Levites, there are two designations. There are Levites, those who are called to uh, service of the Father in varying ways. And then you have the priesthood. The priesthood serve in the temple or in the tabernacle. The Levites, they serve in other capacity. They may carry the Ark of the Covenant. They may make or handle the articles of the Most High, but only those who are priests could get close to the Father within that tabernacle. If the others, though they were Levites, if they stepped out of line and stepped out of order, out of their place, they too could be judged of the Father, 
right? Even though they were Levites. So even within the category of Levites, people have their roles and their responsibilities and the hierarchy of leadership, the hierarchy of power, the hierarchy of anointing, okay? So the father chose within his nation, the nation of Yasharal, to procure for himself the firstborn of every family, okay? Those are his first fruits within the within every family of the nation of Yasharal. But just like he did it with the Levites, instead of choosing the firstborn of every individual family, he is picking and choosing. He's not even choosing one tribe. In the wilderness, he chose the Levites. This time around, he's picking and choosing whom he will. And this person that he chooses to be his first fruits offering or his firstborn um, offering to himself, they could be the firstborn, they could be the thirdborn, they could be an only child, whatever. Because he's not picking based on their birth order. He's picking based on their level of faithfulness and their level of obedience to him. And also the fact that he has preordained them as his choice from the foundation of the world, okay? The father didn't need for Esau to be born to know that he had already rejected him. He rejected Esau in eternity past, and he accepted Yaqub in eternity past. So those who are attaining unto the high calling, the father has already chosen them in eternity past. And what's happening now is that these things are just being manifested today, okay? They're being manifested. So let's read this verse of scripture. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the sea, excuse me, on the earth, nor the sea, nor any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living Alua, as he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our Alua in their foreheads, okay? So we talked about the Torah being applied and we talked about the sealing. All those who are being, who have been chosen, I should say, who have been chosen by the Father to draw nigh unto him, to serve as his firstborn offering, his first fruits, his priesthood, the bride of Mashiach, so on and so forth, the overcomers, they have to not only cleanse their garments, the whole nation has to cleanse their garments. Everybody has to do that, okay? Everybody has to keep the commandments and show themselves uh, obedient before the Father. But there's an extra requirement for those who would be of the priesthood, okay? There's an extra requirement. It is needful and necessary that they be sealed in their foreheads by the seal or with the seal of the Father, okay? Showing that they belong to the Father. So if you, I'm going to ask you all the question, okay? If you had to describe in a few words what the seal of the Father was, what would you say, okay? If you had to describe what the seal of the Father was, because they have to be sealed in their foreheads, what is that? What is that, family? Okay, let me be sealed by my obedience to his laws, statutes, and commands, okay? Keeping the commandments, okay? His ruach, all right, his ruach, the seal of the Father is the Ruach HaKadosh. Yes, it does say that. The, the seal of the Father is the Ruach HaKadosh. Uh, thoughts and actions, 
the knowledge of him by the Ruach, okay? Obedience to his word, okay? His name, nope, there it is, nope. Belief Ruach, his name, okay? His spirit and our decision to be obedient, okay? Faith, Amuna, once again, his name, okay? Authority, oops, <laughs> it keeps moving. <laughs> Authority given by his name, I saw that somewhere, there it is. Authority given by his name, keeping his commandments and receiving his son and obeying the Ruach, belief and faith, righteousness. Okay, you all, none of you, none of you are wrong. None of you are wrong. Knowledge of the uh, Yahuwah and his name by the Ruach HaKadosh. Okay, the Ruach HaKadosh. Okay, all right. So, okay. This is it right here on the screen. She, she just summarized pretty much what all you guys said. Thank you, Duda, Michelle. She just pretty much summarized what everything you said. So now I don't have to do it. <laughs> Thank you, Duda. She summarized it because this is a beautiful summary right here, right? So in order to be sealed by the Father, we have to receive his word, his logos. And we know who that is, right? But we also have to receive his Torah. And we know who that is, right? And we also have to obey um, the Torah. We have to obey the commandments. So it's not just a knowing. It's not just knowing the Torah. We have to do the Torah, obey the Torah, understand who the Torah is and who the Logos is. So to be sealed is everything that you guys said. It's to, it's to, let's go back. It's to have the Ruach. It's to keep the commandments. It's to believe. It's to obey. It's having his name. It's all of these things, right? And we see all of this summarized in his son, Yahusha, all of it, all of it. The scripture says that Mashiach has to be fully formed in us. Do you know that when Mashiach is fully formed in us, it's a sign of being sealed? Yeah, Yahusha is the seal of the father because Yahusha is the express image of the father's person. And the father wants to see himself reflected back in us. So if the father wants to see himself reflected and we can't draw nigh unto the father in and of ourselves because it would kill us, the closest we can do is to be sealed by the one who is the express image of his person. The express image of his person is Yahusha. To be sealed by Yahusha is to be sealed with the image of the father. That's what the father's looking for. He wants to see himself reflected. Yahusha is the way to do that. So Yahusha comes in the person of the Ruach to live within us, to guide us, to help us, to lead us, to empower us, to do all these wonderful things in us. But he comes in seed form. He comes as a seed. And our job is to nurture that seed, to water that seed, to pour water, our obedience and our submission and our repentance and searching the scriptures and doing all the things that we're called to do. And as we do that, we nurture that seed and that seed grows and grows and grows and grows and grows, right? And so it gets to the point where that seed becomes a full grown tree, a full grown tree of righteousness in us. And when that happens, it's no longer I that lives, but Mashiach who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the son of Yahuwah who loved me and gave his life for me, right? So I do not frustrate the grace of, of the father. 
or of Mashiach. So Mashiach has to be fully formed in us. And when he is, we are sealed. This is the seal that the father's looking for. He wants to see his son in you. He wants to see his son in me. That's what he's looking for. So these servants have to be like Mashiach. Scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world. We have to be just like him. Just like him. Okay? So the situations and circumstances of our lives are designed to test and try us so that we can be conformed to the image of Messiah. In the same way he suffered, we have to suffer. In the same way, betrayal loss, being talked about, being criticized, being um, uh, kicked to the curb, being underestimated, all of these things, even being quote, quote unquote killed for something that you didn't do because you gave your life a ransom for others, to love like the father loves, all of these ways in which we're being conformed to the image of Messiah, to be conformed to his image is to be sealed in the forehead of the father, because it not only shows that you know the commandments, it shows that you know the Torah who has been made flesh. You are intimate with him. You are one with him. You have become one with him. You know him. So it's not just about knowing what the Torah is or what it does or what it says. It's to know it intimately. And Yahusha is the Torah made flesh. That's what it means to be sealed. And only those who have been sealed are going to be those who inherit the high calling. So there's an extra special thing that those who are called to this higher calling must endure. Okay? Because they are being tested and tried in the same way that Yahusha was so that they could bring forth gold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed and 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Yasharal. Let me say this one more time. Those who are going to be sealed, those who are inheriting the high calling are Hebrews. Those of the house of Yasharal. Scripture is very clear on this. Okay. Don't believe what the church told you. If they told you something different, they may not have. But if they did, believe the scriptures. Those who are being sealed, the father is choosing. Remember, I told you he's choosing not just the Levites, not just one tribe. He's going to all 12 tribes and he's choosing. I want that one over there. I know that one in the back, that little chunky one over there. I want that one or oh, that slim one over there. I want that one or oh, the one with the big Afro. I'll take him. The father is choosing from among the 12 tribes. And he already knows who he's chosen because these, this choice had been made from eternity past. And everything that you've gone through in your life, if you have been so chosen, has been designed to conform you to the image of Messiah. Every pain, every hurt, every tear, everything, all of it, it's been for a purpose. You have been being pressed, pressed, hedged in, all for a purpose. It's not for naught what you're going through. It's not for naught. It's for a purpose. It's for a reason. And people look at you and they think that you're being afflicted because you're somehow sinful. No, you could be. But if you've been chosen and you know your ways are righteous before the Most High, people talking about you, calling you all kinds of names, and you know you're doing what the Father told you to do, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For so persecuted they, the prophets before you, 
The Father has chosen you for a high calling. If you are being persecuted for righteousness sake, rejoice. You are being pressed so that you may conform to the image of the Son. Hallelujah. So the 144,000, those who are inheriting the high calling of the Most High Yahuwah, they are being comprised of those who are of the 12 tribes of Yasharal. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, what are these which are way arrayed in white robes? And look, they're wearing their white robes. And whence came they? And I said unto them, sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, these are they which came out of look family, great tribulation, great tribulation, great trial, great testing, great, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That precious blood, hallelujah. Though it's red, when applied to linen, it makes it white. It's a miracle. It, it's a miracle. Blood is one of those things that stains, right? It stains. You get blood on one, a piece of fabric, it's probably going to be there a while because blood stains. But this blood, it stains white. Hallelujah. Though it's red, it stains white. You apply it to your, to your linen garment, and it's like bleaching power. It makes it white, it makes it clean, it makes it righteous, it makes it holy and set apart. Hallelujah. Therefore, are they before the throne of Yahuwah and they serve him day and night in his temple. They are the priesthood. They have been chosen to minister directly to the father in the temple. Okay, in the same way that the Levites were chosen, these 144,000 have been chosen for the express purpose and mission to serve the Father intimately. Intimately. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them, and they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters and Yahuwah shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now, I believe the father's going to wipe away tears from all of his children's eyes. But these 144,000, they've been through some things, y'all. They have a little, a little extra tears. They've been through some things. They've been tossed and tempest and tried. They are acquainted with the Messiah in grief. There's nothing beautiful in them that the world would, would desire them. They're misunderstood. They're taken for granted. They're hated. They've got some extra tears. And Ab Yahuwah will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And he will grant to them the morning star. And they will dwell in his temple. And he shall dwell with them. And they will be transformed. And they will see his face. Just like Yahushua can see his face. They will see his face. And they will not die. 
this is the high calling. Hallelujah. Continuing. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. They have been sealed with the image of the father. Yahusha has grown up in them, and he has been fully formed in them. And as he was, so are they in the world. They are just like him. They have completely surrendered their will so that they could say, it is no longer I that live. I have decreased and Yahusha in me has increased. And I heard a voice from heaven as a voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song, but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. Yes, family, the 144,000 will be redeemed from the earth. They will have access to the heavenly realms. They will. It's all part of the high calling. These are they which were not defiled with women. And it doesn't mean that they won't, they couldn't have been married. It just means that women representing false doctrine and religion. They, they're, they're not defiled with those things. They don't hang their hat on those things. They seek the father and the wisdom that comes through his son alone. They are virgins. They are for Messiah alone, no other. They are for him because they know that he is the way to the father. These are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto Yahuwah and to the Lamb. First fruits, you could substitute that word first fruits for firstborn. Firstborn. These are like a group of firstborn, even though they may not be physically the firstborn of their family. They may not be, but they have been chosen by the Father. This is like a group of 144,000 spiritual firstborns or first fruit before the Father who have been conformed to the image of Messiah. They look just like him, act just like him, love just like him, sacrifice just like him, heal just like him, cast out devils just like him, walk in power and authority and might just like him. For in their mouth was found no guile, no lying, no hypocrisy. For they are without fault before the throne of Yahuwah. Why are they without fault? Because they have been so filled Imagine the image of, of dough. Imagine the image of placing yeast in dough and how yeast comes in and it takes over the whole thing. Ye Yahusha is that righteous yeast, that righteous yeast that was inserted into the dough of their hearts. And they surrendered to the degree that they allowed Yahusha to fill all of them. And he has completely taken them over. And now they're like a a perfect representation of what he is, therefore being an image of the Father as well. These are they who attain to the high calling. And the work is done through trials, through tribulation, through suffering. My sister, who uh, lost her 28-year-old daughter just last month, yeah, just last month, my other sister passed away last year. 
So we've been going through a lot in my family. But my sister, who lost her 28-year-old daughter just last month, she says, you don't grow from happy. That's what she said. You don't grow from happy, from happiness. You don't grow from happiness. That, kind, that only comes through pain. And she knows. She knows she's in a lot of pain right now. A lot of pain. And now we've lost our brother. So pain upon pain upon pain. But be that as it may, there are those of you who don't understand and have not been able to identify in your mind why your life has been so hard. Why it's been so challenging. Why maybe you just didn't feel like you fit in. Why? Why can't I fit in? Why, why don't they like me? Why? Why can't I be like everybody else? Because you weren't meant to be like everybody else. You were meant to be like Yahusha and him alone. And those who are meant to be like him, they are his bride. Now, it doesn't mean that the rest of Yashra won't be righteous. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there's a special elite group that the Father has chosen, and these are they who are going to be the bride of Mashiach. <clears throat> They're going to be the bride. The Father chose the best for him. Remember, everything that opens the matrix belongs to the Father. They are set aside, first fruits, firstborn for his purposes. They are the best. They're their elite. Remember, we talked about that. That's what he chose for his son, to be his bride, okay? That's what he chose. And so in order to realize that, those who have been chosen have to be conformed to his image. And that conforming can be pretty painful. Like dough or like clay in the hands of the potter. When the potter says, mm, you got a little bit too much over here, I got to take some away. And he uses his thumb and he pinches away some of that clay. You may feel that. Or when he takes out his scalpel and he cuts here, you may feel that. Or especially when it's time to take that, that clay, once it's complete and put it in the fiery furnace and let the fire of, of trials and tribulation burn it and make it hard so that it can be sealed as to be what it is. You may have under, not understood that the things that we've gone through as a nation, as a nation of firstborn, because remember, Yakub is Yahuwah's firstborn. We have been tossed and tempest and tried as a nation. But then there are those of us who are within the nation who have a designation of high priest, excuse me, a designation of being the bride of the high priest, Yahusha, and have undergone an additional form of testing and trial. It's all for a purpose, though. It's not for not. It's not for N-A-U-G-H-T. It's not for nothing. It's for a reason. It's for a reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk just a second about the 144,000. Okay. So this is how I see in my mind 144,000 being broken down. Okay. This is how I, be I believe the father showed it to me. I can't 100% say it, but this is how I see it. I'll say that. Okay. I'm not going to say it's Yahuwah. I'm just going to say this is how I see it. So you may see it differently. I see it organized this way. 12 times 12 times 1,000 equals 144,000, right? That's how I see it. 12 times 12, okay? Because each of these numbers, they are spiritually significant, okay? So let's get into it. 
So according to this website, uh, Scripture Revealed, we see that in Deuteronomy 28, excuse me, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now, is the Father only going to have mercy on those who keep his covenants for only a thousand generations? Only a thousand? Not a thousand and one? Not two thousand? Only one thousand? The number is spiritually significant. And First Chronicles we read, Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to once again, a thousand generations. There's that 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 phrase again. A thousand generations. And Tahalim Psalms chapter 84, we read, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Okay? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Once again, there's another reference to the thousand. And Tahalim chapter 90, verse 4. For a thousand years in thy sight are as but yesterday when it is past. To Halim 105, he hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Ecclesiastes 6.6, 6, yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good and do not all go to one place. So the, the reference here to a thousand seems to be indicating it's a spiritually significant number that is representative of something that it may not be a number that can be quantified. Okay. That only the father knows the time period. Okay. It, it almost seems to represent a sort of eternality. Okay. But we're going to look a little bit more into this. Okay. Revelation chapter 20, verse four. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahusha and for the word of Yahuwah. And they lived and reigned with Mashiach a thousand years. There's another thousand reference here. Okay. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, we read, the kingdoms of the world has become the kingdoms of our, of our Yahuwah or Yahuwah and of his Mashiach. And he will reign forever and ever. Okay. So we read in chapter 20 that those who survived reigned with Yahusha a thousand years. Now, we wouldn't want to think that the reign of Yahushua only lasts a thousand years because in Revelation chapter 11, it says when the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of Yahuwah and of Yahushua, he'll reign forever and ever. So which is it? Is it forever and ever or is it a thousand years? How long will he reign for? A thousand years or forever? What do you think, family? Will the, will the Messiah reign for a thousand years? Or, or forever? Which is it? Because we have two things here. Do they, do they mean the same thing? What do you think? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Forever. Yes, forever. So if we believe that it's forever, right? And it seems to indicate this idea of eternality, this idea of for, foreverness, right? Forever. <laughs> So if we if we see this idea of it being forever, that means that the whole idea of a thousand years points to something other than just a thousand years. It seems to point to this idea of eternal, eternality. That's what it seems to be indicating, right? 
So with that in mind, if we keep that in mind, if, if that's what it means, you know, it could be something different. So this is just what I see. And it doesn't mean it's right. It just means it's what I see. Okay. So when we look at this, we see 12 times 12 times 1,000 equals 144,000. 12, the number 12, is considered to be a perfect number that symbolizes Yahuwah's power, his authority, and in a perfect and established governmental foundation. Okay, it is symbolized on the earth as completeness of a nation of the nation of Yashrael as a whole. Okay, so 12 represents not only Yahuwah's perfect government, but also the perfect government of Yahuwah on the earth, the perfect government of Yahuwah in heaven, the perfect government of Yahuwah of Yahuwah on the earth. So it's almost as if these two things marry one another. The, the, the 12 representing the government, the authority, the might, the power of the Father in the heavenly realms, and those same things in the earthly realm, being united in one, okay? With this idea of, of a thousand, which is a symbolic number, I, this is what I see, representing an unlimited or an unspecified amount of time. The total number or duration of time It's this idea of endlessness, uh, forever, immensity, or of a great multitude or a great number of something that can't be quantified or qualified, okay? So if that's the case, you see the 144,000 then being indicative of a group of people who inhabit the government of the Father, both spiritual in the heavenly realms and on the earth and doing so forever, ever, right? So the 144,000 seems to indicate a group of people who inherit the promises of the father and they rule and reign with Mashiach and they have power and authority both in both realms, heavenly realm and earthly realm, and they have so for a forever period of time. This is a high calling, right? This is the high calling. And this is what the father is giving certain of his people an opportunity to attain to. And I would, I would say that what if in some small way, everything that transpired from the garden till now has all been about the father choosing for himself these ones who would inherit this high calling. Because the real call, essentially family, is sonship. These 144,000 become sons of Elua. They become just like Yahusha. Hallelujah. And so what if everything that's happened has been a quest for the Father to dig out of the earth these gems? We don't know. Could be. Could very well be. So family, everything that we do right now has to be in preparation to meet the king, to be conformed to the image of the king, and to be prepared to go home, okay? So don't waste this time. Don't be restless. Don't be idle. Use the time that the Father is giving to us to make sure that our garments are white, to make sure that we're spending as much time in his presence as possible, to make sure that we're allowing the righteous yeast of Yahusha to fill us all so that he fills all of us so that we decrease and he increases and inflates in us so that we're all filled with his righteousness. When the father sees us, he sees his son in his beauty, perfection, and his righteousness. Hallelujah. 
and there's no more room for error or lies or, de or deceit or sin or any such negative thing in us because Yahusha has completely filled us through and through and we have been sealed with the seal of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is our message for today. And I pray that you will take heed to what the Father is saying to us today. He will rescue us. He will gather us. It has been written. And if he did it the first time, he will do it again. But we have to wait on him. We have to be patient. We do. And I know I, I won it yesterday too. I talked to the father often. I was like, oh, father, it's just been so long. We're just so tired. And he always gives me this impression in my heart. When you're ready to go, you're gone. Okay. So that means we have to make sure we're ready because we don't want to get into his, into the land and not be everything that he wants us to be. And we go, oh, I didn't have time to get ready. And he'll look back at you and remind you of all those days that you spent making sure your bug out bag was right, but not your soul, right? We have to put first things first, okay? First, the soul. I mean, make sure you got the bug out bag, but make sure that you're attending to your soul. Make sure that you're spending time with the father and with his son. Just make sure, okay? So this is what the father would have us to know on this day at this time, as I understand it, okay? So I just, I always ask that you always just allow the father to confirm the word in your own hearts so that you not only have heard it, but you receive it directly from the father. So just, you know, take some time this afternoon or whatever, what have you, and just ask the father to speak to you regarding what he would have you to hone in on from this message. So yeah, who will be praised? He is so good to us. He is so good. His mercy endures forever. And we love him so much. Halal Yahuwah. So I just pray that the Most High Yahuwah would Baruch and keep you and that he would make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. I pray that he would lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom. In the spite of every circumstance, especially if you are one of those who he is conforming to the image of his son, life can be kind of painful sometimes, can be kind of trying right? Life is just trying in general, just being the firstborn of Yaqub, right? But I just pray that the Father would grant you shalom and help you to bear up under all the pressure and that he would help us all to endure until we are gathered out of here. We are anxious to go home, but we must maintain and we must occupy until he comes. Okay. All right, beloved family. Shalom, shalom, and neyahabata, and Shabbat shalom. <laughs>